What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles, and it does seem like they're not going to be adding anyone this offseason. Maybe they are. They'll, they still have a fifth uh, spot open in that rotation, technically. Uh, we're going to get to the, all of that, but before we do, we got to talk about Grayson Rodriguez. And I, I had a certain view of Grayson in October. That is, when I did my top 200 rankings, I just see Grayson with a high-octane fastball, 97-98, who got whiffs but really was getting better at it. And then you have a changeup that is really taking form and the slider's getting there. And I really feel like, well, back in October, I felt that this was a guy destined for success who, who wins with his fastball. And then he also has two amazing secondaries that are developing, just going to get better. All the opportunity in 2024, I'm so in, I'm so in, I'm so in. I don't know if I'm in anymore. Um, I know that sounds really shocking. And Nick, how could you do that to us? Well, this is what the offseason is. is why I say those are way too early. Uh, I'm going to be lower on Grayson than I, I certainly was um, with that top 200. I think I had him like 11 or 15. I think I had 15 or 16. I, it's going to be lower than that. Um, why? Because I don't know how much I believe in that fastball. Um, he had a 54% ICR, 54. And sure, yeah, there was the beginning of the year and stuff. If you want to talk about it, from when he returned um, after the <laughs> the rude awakening of the majors, it still was super high. And uh, there are a couple problems with that. One, his uh, VAA isn't very good. It's actually below average on it. He has elite velocity on it, and he has elite extension. But the IVB and VAA are both below average. That's an issue. Um, that doesn't preach a overwhelming 15% plus swing strike rate fastball. Zach Wheeler is able to get past it because he has elite VEA, right? He has uh, he has 1.5, 1.6, and Grayson's is not. So that already is a ding against Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, and I should take that back. It's not below average VEA. It's 1.1, which is fine, but it's not elite. And for having a sub-15 vert on your four-seamer, you gotta have better, uh, you got to have better VAA to really nullify that. The other part of it is that he's not really locating it where we would want him to. Um, he stays away from right uh, left-handers. It's middle away on a four-seamer. What do you know? He has a 54% ICR against lefties. What? I'm so shocked. He had a 15% swing strike rate against lefties, but I think that was very much counteracted by the contact that they made, and that's not cool. And against righties, he stays away from them. And uh, he does kind of go upstairs a little bit with them, but it's a sub-10% swing strike rate this past year on it. I'm worried that this fastball is going to still be hittable, and that's not cool. <laughs> I, I don't like that. Um, I do like the fact that his changeup can be very good. Um, I do like the fact that his slider can be very good. I worry about the fastball still. Um, I'm not saying that Grayson's going to be bad. I actually think he's still going to be really good for your teams. I think he's going to be a pitcher you roster throughout the entire year. He's going to go every five days. The Orioles are going to win games, all that kind of stuff. It's a good situation. He's going to be beneficial, but I think it's going to cap his ceiling because I think the four seamers just going to get hit too hard. And unless Grayson really develops the, uh, not only the command, but the approach, uh, well, the command to, uh, to execute a pr- an approach that actually works. Yeah. Grayson, I'm really sorry, but like, I can't get into this. Um, I there's a lot of things that I uh, that I want to say with like a developing pitcher that sure we shouldn't just say that's who he is but there are things to develop it's more you know it's easier than like learn a new pitch or something or throw harder like he has that but yeah I um 
I'm a little worried. The changeup is so good, though. Like, the changeup, if he throws that pitch more, he should. Um, that would be really good. Don't save it to, like, 16% against lefties. What are you doing to throw that more often? I feel like Grayson needs to be, like, a 40% fastball guy, not, like, a 50 to 60%. And uh, that could happen. I I, I know the, uh, what, 13 starts of 258 ERA, 110 whip, 24% strikeout rate when he did come back. But, like, <sighs> I'm a little, I'm more worried than I am, than, like, Bobby Miller. And I'm more worried than Yuri Perez. Um, I'm more worried than... Actually, I'd probably take Grayson over Tarek Skubal. Um, I had a really good conversation with Eric uh, Samolski uh, Monday night with uh, uh, just talking about Tarek Skubal and just kind of philosophies and everything. Check out that one. That's like a an hour and 45-minute podcast um, on the corner. So that was a really good one with Eric. And we're getting back in our groove. But anyway, uh, that's Grayson Rodriguez. Kyle Bradish is the one actually I'm going to have higher than Grayson Rodriguez. And... Think of Grayson, and I was saying, cool, you have a fastball that I don't really think can overwhelm, actually, as much as I want it to, and the two secondaries that are developing. Well, Kyle Bradish has two secondaries that are legitimate. One that is, like, one of the best secondary pitches in the majors, and a fastball that I think he can utilize correctly to become a legitimate pitcher. It's kind of funny. All of his pitches are 36% ICR or lower outside of his fastball, which is just a 23% usage. And that's really, really exciting to hear. Slider is a 36% ICR, 35.9. I think, honestly, that could get better with just better approach across everything. Um, Curveball only at 17% usage should go uh, should go higher in this next year. Um, really good at, at mitigating hard contact. High swing strike, actually higher than the slider because he did save it a little more. But the slider for, for Bradish had a 5.71 PLV. And I don't really like quoting PLV a lot because I think um, I'm more about putting the pieces together inside the repertoire than is just like this is a this is a good pitcher bad pitch based on the shape and stuff. But yeah, that is so stupid high. <laughs> I can't I, like that is crazy high at five seven one, and I think it's sixty two percent strike rate is going to go up um, for Bradish. But in short here, um, for Bradish. His four-seamer is a cutter. And if you think of his four-seamer as a cutter, then you should realize, okay, he should be throwing this only inside to lefties. And if he wants to throw against righties, fine. Just keep it down and away. But that's the only way he should be using this cutter. And it was good to see that Bradish moved away from the the, the cutter, four-seamer, and instead focused on sinkers to right-handers. I hope that he can get that more inside a bit. Um, but I... Uh, it's a high 25% called strike rate because of that slider, because of the, the curveball and the changeup as well. The changeup is really not really a significant offering. But the way I see it with Bradish is you have an unbelievable number one pitch, and that's your slider. That should be like 40% usage. Then you have a curveball that's also really good, and you should be throwing that um, more than 17%. So then about 60% of your pitches should be one of those two breakers. Then it's just about finding something else that gets you strikes which is the sinker to right-handers, I think, inside, which is the four-seamer inside or lefties, and then sometimes maybe this changeup if you want. But that's really what Bradish should be doing, and I think that it's very possible that he could switch to something like that. Yes, I'm still trying to get in touch with him. <laughs> Does that matter? No, that is me just being ridiculous and stuff. Like, don't listen. I'm just uh, having a fun time. But if I were to talk to Bradish in any way, I would say, why aren't you trying to do that? Because... This is your, you are so made for gold here. And again, the situation is good for Bradish. Uh, Baltimore exists now, which is really good. Uh, 
The um, I will say, Baltimore helps lefties more because generally right-handers are going to be better against right-handers. And uh, left field is more about right-handers. But I... Uh, yeah, he's he should be good. I mean, I, I think it's a very I think it's a safe floor considering those two breaking balls and a ceiling for more, which is the kind of guy I always like to lean on. You're going to get him every five days. He's destined for 180 innings, if you ask me. And I'm very much a fan now of Kyle Bradish. I wasn't as much in before, and now I am because hot dang that slider is just so good. And the fact that he has a curveball too that is also good. In some ways better is that curveball. Some ways, not it is, just some ways. Higher CSW, uh, better ICR, uh, better swinging strike rate, better called strike rate. Like, that's really good. Better overall strikes. Like, every number actually underlining is better. It's just they threw it less, which means that if you can throw it double the amount of times with the same results, that's rare. You're not supposed to do that. So, Kyle Brash is, is awesome. Um, we have other guys to talk about. John Means, Dean Kramer. Tyler Wells and some prospects that are interesting. The other fringe guys are whatever. Um, but we're going to talk about all of that after this break. Dean Kramer is someone who can get into a groove and could be a streamer. And that's about it. I really don't like his whole approach. I don't think his four-seamer is that good. He sometimes saves it for two strikes, but doesn't really elevate it, but does get 15% swing strike rate at times. And uh, it, it can work. It's really about the cutter. The cutter is everything for him. Um... It truly is, and I don't like that he throws as many four-seamers as he does because the cutter is really like this hard slider at like 88, 89. It does all the work for him, uh, and that's really it. So against right-handers, when he has that cutter working, it can be pretty solid. Lefties, he does struggle a bit. Um, he tries to go backdoor with the cutter, um, and uh, I don't really like it. <laughs> uh, the change of in curveball don't really help much. Um, it's really just about that cutter, and when he's nailing that thing properly, and then able to keep the four-seamer away from it, that is, do like the Blake Snell blueprint, then things can be good. He's going to get innings, I'll tell you that. 412 ERA across 173 innings last year is probably on the better side for him. And uh, I think it's going to get worse for him, so I'm not a big fan of Dean Kramer. Um, I think the Orioles are going to have to lean on him, as they're probably the SP5, maybe four. I mean, I wonder if they do get like that Dylan Cease talks and trades and stuff, and I don't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they make one more move here because they do, it does feel like they need one more um, length starter. Uh, with John Means, for example, coming off of Tommy John last year, uh, only getting 24 innings, they hope to get a lot out of him. And as far as fantasy goes, he's fine. Um, it's a worry about his four-seamer. His four-seamer just gets hit too hard. It is uh, back in his heyday in 2021 because really we saw two games in 2022 and then we just saw... Uh, a brief stint of 23 innings last year in 2023 for means. Um, so 2021, that four-seamer was just crushed a ton over 40% ICRs consistently. And the b- big thing we loved was the changeup. He doesn't even get it down enough, and it's still really, really good. The development of the slide and the curveball were what got us excited in 2020 before everything got messed up. But uh, And then he didn't really develop it in 2021. So... And then 2022, we were hoping for more of development there. We didn't really get it. I I struggle with means because he's really a Toby that you shouldn't really be targeting. At the same time, like 15 teamers, John Means is a great get because I don't think that he's going to have like a 4-5 ERA. I don't think that he's going to have a terrible whip. I think John Means is destined for like a 3-8, 4 ERA with like a 120 whip and like a 20% K rate and change, maybe a little bit more. And that's really valuable in a 15-teamer. For a winning ball club. Like he can get 12 wins easily. So 
there's something to be said about that. I just don't want to go for that in my my 12-teamers at all. It's too boring. And I don't really see where he gains a ton upside-wise, just because he needs to do more with the breakers, and the four-seamers just gets hit too hard. Um, Tyler Wells is kind of interesting. I mean, if you remember in the first half, he saved so many teams. Uh, In 120 innings before he got a little fatigued and they sent him to the minors and came back as a uh, fireman reliever for a moment. Um, 364 ERA. About a one whip, 25% K rate in the 120 innings. That's like super good. The hit per nine was 6.3. And we know that that's not going to stick. The The situation with Tyler Wells is I I don't love it. <laughs> um, I think his stuff gets hit too hard. His cutter and his four seamer get hit too hard. The changeup can be really good. It's so good against the lefties. And against righties, is the cutter good enough? Is the four seamer good enough? Um, the changeup doesn't really do much against them. Is the slider good enough? It's all, I, it's, it, it's very close and precarious. And I think he got away with a lot last year. I mean, that hit per nine again, 6.3. I think he gets a lot too much hard contact for that to stick in any fashion. And they're going to likely try him out as a starter again. I do like the command generally and the triangle that he makes of four seamers upstairs, cutters, uh, glove side and changeups, um, arm side. And I will say cutters and sliders, um, glove side there. But I just, uh, I, I feel like it's too pedestrian and it's putting you in too much risk and too much danger. Uh, you're chasing for this this season that is not going to repli- be replicated. We know this. That was a ridiculous groove. He got fortunate with hits and everything and it just put everything together. Uh, that's not going to be replicated for Tyler Wells. So I don't think he's this sneaky like, oh man, he's going to be that guy again kind of thing. Like, no, uh, I don't think that there's... And uh, a pitch in that arsenal that really does that. The four-seamer he squeezes the most out of. Um, 13% swing strike rate is not terrible. It's just it gets hit too hard is really the problem. And then the cutter is just a called strike pitch, and he hopes it doesn't get hit, and it does. And then the changeup against lefties is good nullifier against lefties, but really the focus should be against righties. And against righties, I think there's just too much that gets hit. Um, on the fringe, it's Cole Irvin and Bruce Zimmerman, and I really don't expect to see much of either one. Yeah, I mean, neither of them are anything that you should be uh, going for. Uh, the slider can be really good for Bruce Zimmerman, but um, it's just nothing else. <laughs> and uh, Cole Irvin is your typical, like, trying to be a Dallas Keuchel kind of thing of, like, cutters and sinkers and four-seamers and change-ups just, like, all around the zone as best as possible. And there's some days where it kind of works, but, yeah, Cole Irvin, unfortunately, I don't think is the guy you should go for for fantasy. Now, prospect-wise, they have three guys. There's Justin Arm Brewster, who, unfortunately... Um, throws like 92 and he has crazy good IVB at 19 inches. Um, the extension and VAA are pretty average. Uh, and it's a question if that's enough, uh, that's enough IVB to like just carry it regardless. Um, they, the other pitches that Arm Brewster has are just not really that good. And he's only really pitched in, uh, like a touch of AAA essentially. So we'll see if he gets a chance this year um, with the Orioles, if they need some help, he might be like the first option um, as like, okay, we need something. We don't want to call up one of our big guns. Um, but I don't really think that Don Brewster has enough of a repertoire for you to really consider him. Now I say that he's the first option. I meant more is just kind of the backup when they don't want to call up Chase uh, McDermott or Kate Povich, because both of these guys could be legit. And I think Chase McDermott is the interesting one. Um, if Chase McDermott has a really good camp, then I wouldn't be surprised if he beats out Tyler Wells or Dean Kramer for the fifth spot. 
there is a fastball with 17 inches of IVB. He has really good VAA. Um, he goes upstairs with it. It's at 94, but I feel like that IVB and the VAA work well. That Chase McDermott works with his four-seamer upstairs. And he has a curve and tr- slider that are solid, and he has a changeup that's getting there. And that that foundation in an upstairs heater that works is really cool. The problem is that he walks too many batters. So that is, ooh, that's a little worrisome. And especially for trusting a prospect, you don't want to see a high walk rate because then you know it's essentially going to be volatile. Coming up to the majors innately adds more walks and worse command because of jitters and getting comfortable and getting into a rhythm that's really hard to do when you're worried if you're going to get sent down again and just all that kind of stuff. So, um, so for Chase, it's going to be a cherry bomb likely if he does it, but there will be some excitement. I won't be surprised if he has a good spring and then he might actually get that fifth spot. I don't know if he's an instant, hey, you have to add him, but yeah, I probably would as a spec ad just because that fastball shape is so good and clearly how he gets his oats. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Chase McDermott and I would say I'm a bigger fan of him than Cade Povich because Chase, uh, has, Chase has better VAA and velocity and a touch more extension than Cade Povich, but Povich also has a 17 IVB on his heater. It's at 92. Um, and that's a little weird, but the curve from the left side here is so big and so cool. Uh, and his slider is a little bit better and there might be more of a polish for Cade Povich, that makes him more of a uh, of a floor guy if he does get that opportunity for the Orioles this year. Thing is, I don't know how good the fastball is actually going to be at 92, even though it has that 17 IVB. If the other stuff isn't there, then like, how are you going to use it to? Are you going to go upstairs with it? Is that going to work? Is I don't know. So it might be like, hey, maybe be low with it. Maybe from the left side, you can act like a cutter inside a righties effectively. Maybe you have that skill. I don't know. Um, but I think Kate Povich and Chase McDermott are going to be two names that you're going to be following this year. And I think both of them are worth a spec guide when they do come, just because it's the Orioles, it's a good situation, and they're able to hold on to it. Like, they should both be better than Dean Kramer this year. Um, and maybe Tyler Wells, they might want to hold him in the pen. I don't know what the Orioles are going to do. Um, but definitely keep an eye on both of those guys. I wouldn't say that I am stashing either one of them um, out of the draft or anything like that. But I... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious, and I would add them to my teams as a spec guide, obviously, depending on like the matchup and stuff. Um when they do get the call this year. All right, that is it for today. Uh, thank you all so much for uh, for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back, of course, tomorrow with another one with the, the White Sox. And that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.